All right, it's Cody here. Uh, This is the first full-length episode of my new podcast called That I May See. Uh, That's from Psalm 119 where the the writer says, uh, God, give me eyes so that I may see wonderful things um, in your word. That's what the podcast is for. It's for, uh, to to culminate joy um, and admiration for God by us uh, through his word and and to just, just, help us see wonderful things in God's Word. And so what I want to do is actually I want to kind of uh, over the course of time I kind of want to take us through the entire Bible just kind of one step at a time. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to talk about seeing wonderful things in Genesis. I'm going to actually go from Genesis to Revelation. It's going to take a bit of time but uh, I, just, I just want us to see wonderful things in every book of the Bible because the Bible from beginning to end really is amazing. And one of the reasons I want to cultivate that in, in us is because there are a lot of us who are we're going through a really hard time right now. Um, I'm someone who takes uh, racial justice and... Uh, racism very seriously and that affects me in a lot of ways and there are a lot of areas in my life where I experience um, the full weight of of racism in our country and so for me as being a, a descendant of uh, African slaves um, I need to be able to <laughs> look to scripture and see like God what, what are you doing what are you doing with the oppression and the suffering that's happening uh, in our world and, and so as we start Genesis, I kind of want to remind you just a few things about this book. Genesis is the first book of what's called the Torah or the Torah, the first five of the first five books of the law. Tradition tells us that Moses wrote the first five books of the law. I actually think that makes more sense. There are some scholars who also believe that um, it might have been some Babylonian captives that that, that were Jews that uh, wrote uh, certain parts of Genesis towards the beginning um, to kind of counteract the chaos and oppression they were facing um, during their time in Babylonian slavery. Um, I think that's compelling to some degree, but I think tradition tells us it's Moses for a reason because one of the things you see in the New Testament all the time is you see Moses being associated with the law. Now, when we think of the law, it's not just the Ten Commandments. It is actually the... the huge portions of the Old Testament, right? For those who were strict, uh, they would have seen the first five books of the Bible as the law. Some people uh, thought of the law as broader than that, as being um, other parts of Scripture. And then you have the prophets. So, so what you often see is this phrase called the law in the prophets or Moses in the prophets. Jesus uses this terminology. This was a way of summarizing the entire Old Testament scriptures that we consider as Christians to be the Old Testament, um, the Hebrew scriptures. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of lean towards and go with the inter- interpretation that uh, Moses wrote this. And, and here's the thing about Genesis. If Moses wrote this book, that means he's writing in the context of a community of newly freed slaves. Okay? It's very important. If that's kind of what makes more sense in the text, uh, according to the New Testament in history, that Moses wrote this. Even if the Babylonians, the Babylonian captives, the, some of the Jews had written Genesis, um, they're still writing in a context of captivity. And so 
The reason I say that is because if I was a newly freed slave, if, my, if me and my ancestors, which in African-American experience is not really that far-fetched to be able to connect with that, um, if, if I came from long periods of actual enslavement or a history of enslavement in my lineage, then one of the things I'm going to be continually asking myself is, is God a good God? What is this God like? This God that freed me from slavery, right? In the book of Exodus, it says that uh, God freed, he liberated the oppressed Hebrews from slavery. He not figuratively, not metaphorically, not just spiritually, he literally led them out. Okay? He, he, I mean, it's amazing. The God of the Bible is amazing. Yahweh is incredible. He marches them out of Egyptian slavery. And so if that was me being led out, one of the things I would be asking myself is, what kind of God is this? Is this the kind of God who freed me just so I could be a slave to him the same way I was a slave to Pharaoh? These are the questions that would probably and that often go through my mind in some of the situations I've been in. And so that is kind of the context of Genesis is it's this creation. The beginning, though, is the creation uh, of a good world and people who are suffering need to know that God made this world good. So it's, I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself. I want to read Genesis 1 to you and just pull out some things that I see. Uh, that I think are, are just wonderful in, in God's Word. And I'm going to jump around a little bit because uh, I want you to see some things, some, some repetition here, okay? Here's what Genesis 1 says. I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was that form and void, and darkness, over, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come down a little bit too, okay? Uh, verse 10, uh, sorry, verse 9 says, And God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear. And it was so. God called the dry land earth and the waters that were gathered together, he called seas. And God saw that it was good. Verse 12, the earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds and trees bearing fruit. And let's just pause there. Imagine the joy in that. The, the, these, the fruit is being birthed in the creation narrative. I, I love fruit, whether it's an orange or a peach, right? This, this is part of God giving something for his people to enjoy. Um, it says, The earth brought forth vegetation, plants yielding seed according to their own kinds, and trees bearing fruit in which is their seed, each according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Verse 17, And God set in the expanse in the heavens to give light on the earth, to rule over the day and over the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. Verse 21, so God created the great sea creatures and every living creature that moves, in which the waters swarm according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Verse 25, and God made the beasts of the earth according to their kinds, and the livestock according to their kinds, and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. It also says, 
So God created, this is verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them, and God blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, and fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds. I, I want to kind of stop there for a second. Uh, the Bible from the get-go shows us the difference between dominion and domination. We live in a world filled with domination, but men and women, when it comes to creation, were meant to have dominion, not domination. Um, then towards the end, in verse 31, it says, And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. Now, I'm sure you guys have been able to pick up the repetition here. One of the uh, most basic interpretive her, uh, tools when it comes to Bible interpretation is the idea of repetition, whether it's repetition of a word, which kind of makes it easy for us to see, or it's repetition of an idea and and the word or the idea that is repeated almost more, the only other word that's repeated more than this one is the word God. So we know the, we know the beginning of creation. The whole Bible is about God. But other than that, the word, the idea that is repeated more than any other is the idea of good, right? And it was good, and it was good, and it was good. It says it seven times in Genesis chapter 1. And I don't like to get too deep into numbers when it comes to the Bible. I think sometimes when we study uh, numerical orders or meanings, we can go too far with that and misinterpret the big picture of what the passage is trying to tell us. But I do think it's not a coincidence that the number seven uh, represents a, a, a form of wholeness uh, in creation and in the world. Um, and it says the word good seven times. So what does the author want us to see? He wants us to see that creation, as God created it, is good. And for that truth to ultimately lead us to the fact that God is good. Check this out. The first thing the Bible wants you and I to know about God's character is that he's good. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? He doesn't want us to know that God is a judging God, even though that's true. He does judge sin. That God is angry, that's true. That God is holy, that's true. Those things are true, and I don't want to minimize those. But the, it, is, it is abundantly clear the first thing God wants us to know about himself is that as the creator, he is good. How, how comforting must this have been to newly freed slaves coming out from under the oppression of Pharaoh to hear this creation story and know Pharaoh is not good, but Yahweh is. God is the creator God that just freed us from slavery. He's a good God and he has good things in store for us. You and I need to hear that. We live in a time where we, we live in an ideologically and politically divisive culture, a racially divisive culture. Even when it comes to gender, the way men and women are treated are different. We live in a very culture that, very much a culture that is divided in so many ways because of how people are treated, because of how people see the world. And no matter who you are, you need to know God is good. He's good to us. And he's going to keep on being good to us. The beginning of the Bible starts with the goodness of God. Maybe you're listening and you are not uh, a huge Bible reader. and you're, Maybe you're trying to get into reading the Bible. And I, I hope that this helps you. I hope this helps you see God's goodness. That's the first thing God wants you to know about Him. Isn't that amazing? That's wonderful. 
and and so this is just uh, a, a short uh, tidbit or something wonderful I see in Genesis. There's so much that happens in Genesis. Uh, you have uh, sin coming into the world, and uh, you have the plan of Israel, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You have so much going on. But the, the goal of this podcast is not to really break down the story of the Bible. Um, in that way, if that makes sense. I, I think I'll get to that and I'll hint at that in some ways, but it's really just to show you good things in Scripture and that hopefully some of those things will begin to connect as you read the, the entire story. Like I've said before, um, the Bible is a story. and We want to connect the dots. It's not a didactic manual on how to get to heaven or 10 steps to living a better life or being a better you, but it is the story of God's blessing on his creation and how in a lot of ways that went wrong but even though it went wrong God still desires and did enter into creation um, as a man as Jesus in the form of a man uh, to bless us one of the things you'll see in Genesis is this idea of blessing and curse when when sin comes into the world you got this you got to really notice this because got to be very careful the Bible never met, refers to the coming of sin to the world, never calls it the fall, never really refers to that uh, in that way. Even though there's truth to that, you know, in Romans it says we've all fallen short of the glory of God. We did fall. That's just not the terminology the Bible uses a lot. What the Bible calls what happened in Genesis 3 when sin comes into the world, it calls it the curse. And so the curse comes in in Genesis 3. And then what does God do in Genesis 12? He chooses this pagan, right, this non-religious, or at least uh, non-God-seeking, Yahweh-seeking person named Abram. And here's what he says to Abram. This is amazing. He says, I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you'll be a blessing. What's the opposite of a curse? It's a blessing. And so as the curse comes into the world, God counteracts that curse with blessing. And that's what the entire Bible is about, is God desiring to bless His people. First and foremost, through the coming of His Son, Jesus, the, the, the birth of Jesus, the life of Jesus, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, is a blessing to nations. And He blesses us in so many other ways, too. Um, but I just kind of wanted to show you guys that in Genesis because... The Bible really is amazing. It's amazing. And I I hope you see that. And I hope you you realize the Bible is not untouchable. I know it can be intimidating, right? It's a thick book. There's 66 books. There's thousands of pages. But it's telling one story. Just as if you're watching a show that had multiple seasons, right? There's there's coherence to it. But, but yeah, this is something I see in Scripture, that God is good. That's the first thing God wants us to know about Him. Um, it's been a blessing talking uh, here about the Bible. And um, I'll see you next time. This is what, uh, just part of seeing wonderful things in Genesis. So, yeah.